Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Everybody's talking about LinkedIn. That's the biggest um, social networking site for businesses. That's the social networking site for entrepreneurs. Obviously, Facebook is more social, although it's got great data. Instagram, more visual. But when people are looking for other business owners, LinkedIn is where they go. Most people don't know how to use it. They reach out, tell people what they do, and hope that someone answers back. There is a better way to do it. You need a good profile. You need a good picture. You need a good message, but most of all, you need a good strategy for using LinkedIn. And that's what we're going to learn today from our guest. He is a master at it, has a book about it. I think you're really going to like what he has to say about LinkedIn and it'll really um, give you actionable steps of what you can do right away to help your business using LinkedIn as a social networking site and a business development tool. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA. Appreciate you joining. We are live on C-Suite Radio. We are uh, sponsored by powertexting.com. Powertexting.com gives away a free trip to one listener of every show. It's a four or five night host hotel stay at a four or five star resort in about 17 places around the country and world. So stay tuned for more on that. If what you're looking for is more leads, LinkedIn is a great way to do it. And we're going to talk about that. If you want more strategic ways to think about your marketing, not the tactics that you use like LinkedIn, but the strategy, download my book at freebookfromadam.com. It is eight steps to getting more money in your business without spending a cent on advertising. And it actually ties in really well to what we're going to talk about today. So grab that book, tie it into what we're going to talk about. My guest, Yakov Smart, is a master at LinkedIn. His book is Disrupting LinkedIn. We are going to disrupt what you guys are doing on LinkedIn today. Yakov, thanks for joining today. I really appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you having me. It's great. Yeah, this will be a fun conversation. And what I always like to start with learning a little bit about you and your entrepreneurial journey, right? Some people, um, they were born to do it. Other people found it later in life. Growing up, did you know you were going to start a business or did something change that made this happen? You know, I always knew it's the craziest thing. I don't know how I always knew, but I always knew. Like when I wanted to grow up, that's what I wanted to do, even from an early age. And I, you know, my family, to give you a little bit of background, came from the former Soviet Union from a country called Lithuania. And so we came to the U.S. I was just a year and a half years old. Um, so I wasn't exposed to communism, but my parents and family, there was really no such thing as starting a business like you and I think about it in today's world. Right. But for whatever reason, I was always a really ambitious kid. I always had a lot of drive and motivation. I always saw myself doing huge things and starting and owning a business was always on the horizon for me. I just, I can't put a finger on what it was, but I just always knew. And I remember actually was talking with my mom a couple of months ago, I was visiting them because they still live in Atlanta. And she was telling me how, even when I was doing college visits and I did go to college and I graduated, got my bachelor's several years ago, but she was remembering how even when we were doing college visits, the people would ask me, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to own my own business. Even 17, 18 years old, I was just absolutely certain of that. So it's always been um, something very much on the horizon. The issue though, and the challenge was always in the how to's, right? It's, it's stepping in, well, how do, how do people actually do it? Can it even exist? So, you know, it was, it was funny because 
growing up, I didn't have a lot of examples in front of me. Like I mentioned in the family and people I knew, that wasn't a model that I was very familiar with. So it took a lot of education. It took a lot of reading and personal growth and development and trial and error to learn what it was that I needed to know. And that path is really where I started to take the right steps on. And you know, we could go into different aspects of it, but you know, I found online marketing at a pretty early age. I mean, I grew up, I've been on social media. I always joke I've been on MySpace. That's when I started on social media back in the eighth grade, using it nice. to try and hit on girls. You know, that's that's <laughs> what, where my start on social media came truly. Uh, but I was exposed to Facebook ads, you know, throughout high school, college, um, and online marketing and not knowing what it was, but I saw those ads and, you know, sales letters, all those great things and eBooks. I remember my first crack at an online business came when I was still a college student. I was a junior. I decided to write this book and I was, my plan was I was going to sell this book to college freshmen and really college students on how to succeed in college. And there I was, you know, I was about a semester away from graduating, was going to graduate early. So I put together this book named it Get College Right, published it on Amazon. I think it's still on Amazon, who knows? But, um, <laughs> and what I would do is I did some guerrilla marketing. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I would post inside Facebook groups, different blogs that I made. I started building an email list and that was really my first um, exposure to it. Now, was it a success? That depends how you define success. I mean, we sold a few books, but it was nothing that was really substantial, but it was, I think what separated me from a lot of people is a lot of people want to learn everything first and then go do, and they get into this information overload. And I was more of somebody, Hey, here's an idea. I'm going to go do it. And I was just dumb enough to think that I could make it work. It's great. It's great that you say that. Not that you're dumb enough to think that you can make it work, but the, 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 the how to is what really trips a lot of entrepreneurs up. They don't know what to do next. They don't know what to do first. So maybe they try some Facebook ads or maybe they go to a networking event. Um, the other part is the what. Like a lot of people know what they want to do, but they don't know how to do it. On the flip side, after you've had a business or two or three and you get to where you are now with, with your business, the how-to, you've already learned that. And it was thinking, right, what is my next what? How did you come up with... LinkedIn and that side of um, online marketing as the what that you were going to focus on? Well, I fell into it, to be quite honest. <laughs> so um, I graduated school and I was, I was living in Vegas and I was selling software. And I was doing a lot of cold calling, telephone prospecting, smiling and dialing. And I wasn't liking it. It was not, it was not going well. <laughs> so it was sort of out of necessity, I'd heard somebody mention, I was, you know, I had a LinkedIn profile, but I'd heard somebody mention the power of LinkedIn. So I started again at playing with it and experimenting. And I was really happy with this kind of results I was able to get. I was able to reach decision makers directly and, you know, trying a lot of different strategies. And I knew I wanted to, it's exactly like you said, I knew I wanted to do something, but the what was just a big mystery. And I started developing skills. You know, I knew how to write a little bit of copy, not anything super high level, but just basics, how to put together a WordPress site. So these were skills that I just learned from doing. And I remember going to a networking event out in Vegas and there were small business owners, but you know, a lot of brick and mortar types of businesses. 
And at that time, you know, I thought, and I think a lot of people when they first get into business think the same thing, that everybody in business has it together. They know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> They've got a ton of money. And obviously <laughs> that is far from the case most of the time. But, you know, I would casually mention that I was using LinkedIn and selling software. People would look at me kind of funny and they said, you mean to tell me you can actually use LinkedIn to get clients? And it didn't, it, you know, it hadn't occurred to me that people didn't know. I thought everybody knew it. Was you thought you were late it. to the party? Yeah, I thought everybody had their stuff together. They were they were marketing experts and they had all this money and they knew all, all this about business. Of course they didn't. So um, I got my first client just by chance. You know, she wanted to talk some more about it. She asked me how much I charged and I made up a number that came up and she said, okay. <laughs> and and we, were, we were off to the races and that happened a couple times. I was working with a business coach really before I even had a business. I mean, I knew that I didn't know a lot of stuff. So I made what at the time was a crazy high investment for me, but I made it anyway. And he and I had a conversation. It was funny because, you know, I was paying for the business coaching for, for a couple of months. I hadn't even scheduled the monthly calls. So I wasn't in business. I was, it was, it was sort of frustrating, you know, which sometimes people aren't into, but you know, we got on a call and I said, Hey, I'm, here's what I'm doing. I've made some money doing this, this, and this. And he said, Oh, LinkedIn, you should probably stick with that. Okay. So that direction, I didn't have the foresight. If he hadn't suggested that strongly, I would have probably been an online marketing dabbler. You know, you see them all the time doing, offering 15 different things because that's what I was thinking I should do. So I just said, okay, it's going to be LinkedIn. And that's what I, that was, that's what my offering started to be. I was like, let's show you how to get leads and clients from LinkedIn. And that was while I was still living in Vegas and I remember just having the first outcome that I was going to hit was going to be, how can I replace my income for my sales job and have it be come from the business? And I, so I did some math. Fortunately, at the time, it wasn't that great of an income. So I didn't have, have those golden handcuffs like some people do. Yep. Um, so I was able to go out there and just hustle and out of like pure hustle and stubbornness and motivation and risk and go out there and made that happen. And um, I always knew that was the thing that was LinkedIn. And I first got into this full time, I think it was about three years ago. So September, 2016. Um, and that was LinkedIn was a very different place back then, but also um, it's been the whole way through the fo focal point has been LinkedIn and LinkedIn marketing. Very cool. And so, so you start to get a few clients, you get close to, to replacing your income or replace your income. But like every business, there were probably some roadblocks along the way, probably some big ones. What's one that sticks out that could have derailed your entire business had you not overcome it? Well, it was cash flow. I mean, early in, <laughs> in those days, it was, it was having enough money to continue and not understanding what a successful business model was. And I mean, there were, I was treading that fine line a lot. And, you know, I was, those first few months, you know, I, I kept hitting this wall, right? And it was like income slowly started to go up, but I, I just didn't know what I was doing in terms of building a business model, what I should be charging, who I should be working with. These were all things that I wasn't familiar with. And I, my solution wasn't to, you know, wallow in pity or quit or be negative. My solution was to go get information. That was my default has always been and still is. I don't know what I don't know. So I'm going to go do whatever I need to go get that information. So 
I found some different tools, some different information, learned from some different people. And I started to think about things a lot more strategically too. And a big turning point for me was investing in a couple of mastermind groups. And the big benefit of that for me was hearing from people who were world-class at an information type of business and not only what they said, but how they said it, how they went about it, pricing, business model, um, and learning. And just what I think I did was I crammed in probably 10, 15 years of knowledge and wisdom over the course of a couple of years. And, I've, and I'm constantly thinking, too, of ways to innovate and ways to continuously reinvent what I'm doing, what we're offering because that, I just think that's necessary in any type of business to do it effectively is that constant reinvention and embracing change too. I love that. Not only because obviously coaching is what I do, but I was at my mastermind today and the amount of information that you can get from saying something that you're almost embarrassed to say in front of other people because it, you feel like it makes you look like you're, you're not good at business or that it's something you should know but a good mastermind, and I'm sure yours did, embrace the fact that they have that knowledge and they can impart it to you. How did you not only take the information you get and implement it, right? That's the action taking part, but how did you turn this into a business, right? A revenue stream is one thing, a business is a very different one. And you got the information, how did that take place? Because that's really hard for a lot of service providers to do to make it a real business and you've done that. Well, the, the thing that you don't want to do is charge per hour. That's like the cardinal sin. I learned that very quickly. And I even initially, I never charged per hour because I had heard somewhere that you don't charge per hour and I've always stayed away from that. So that's thing number one is you don't want to be trading time for money. It's a, it's just a, it's a bad trade to be doing. Um, so it's about positioning, right? It's about doing some of these things on LinkedIn, off of LinkedIn, position yourself to play the part. It's also understanding the math, you know, how much you can spend to get a customer, what it takes, what that customer is worth and understanding that relationship. And also I think a lot of business owners tend to undervalue and underprice what it is they have to offer regardless of the business. That's just the natural tendency where, you know, especially if you start thinking about time and value, and I think instead the conversation needs to happen for with the right person anyway, is what's the value for them, right? I mean, they, if they pay you a million dollars and they got $10 million worth of value and if you only spend a day with them, it's still, it's a great deal. It's a bargain. So that kind of thinking is just, it's different than what we hear in most places, but it's the thinking that um, has worked effectively that framework has really shaped a lot of my thinking and I know it's shaped a lot of thinking for some of the most successful people out there. Um, in terms of actually thinking about it like a business, that's a transition that I'm currently making too in terms of replacing myself as much as possible, right? I mean, we have, and I still have this too, this ego about us that we're indispensable and nobody else can do it, things the way that we do them. And that may or may not be true, but chances are with just about anything you do in your business, especially with marketing, you can find people who are, if not better than you at it, in a very specific thing, at least 80% of the way there. And that's been uh, understanding that I've been getting recently. And also another thing I'll tell you that recently has been huge for me is just taking time every week to just sit down and think, ask the right questions. The question isn't necessarily how can I increase sales? It's a good book out there 
The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. It's really good. I recommend no matter where people are in business, it's, it's one to pick up. And there's these thinking time exercises and they talk about, you know, asking the right questions where back to the sales example, the question might not be, how can I increase sales? It can be, what's the roadblock we need to overcome to get our revenue to that next point? Or, you know, what, what markets are untapped we can start to tap into that's going to make a difference for us so it's thinking about it strategically versus tactically and even the way that i look at linkedin and marketing on linkedin is understanding the overall strategy and then coming up with the tactics versus relying on tactics and missing strategy because that's that's not the winning formula and unfortunately i think a lot of people who call themselves social media gurus they're all about tactics. Like, you know, this is the algorithm. If I post this, I get 10 likes versus five likes. I don't really care about that stuff. You know, I think it's, it's nice and there's, there's great tactical knowledge. But what's more important is how does it fit into the big picture of generating revenue for the business? You're speaking my language, man. It's like I wrote it for you. Strategic planning is the most important thing in my mind that any business can do on a regular basis and having a strategy for everything you do will tell you the tactics that you should be using. We're talking to Yako Smart on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. As I mentioned, powertexting.com gives away a free trip to one listener of every show. So if you go to podcasttrip.com, enter your information and you can win that trip. They're a lot of fun, four and five star resorts. Um, So definitely do that if you like to travel. So when you're talking about a strategy and when you know what people are doing wrong on LinkedIn today, and most people are doing it, everyone who's in their car, you can probably raise your hand, nod your head. If you've gotten three people that have reached out to you telling you they're going to get you more leads on LinkedIn. And, but you look at it a different way. Your book is disrupting LinkedIn. What you do is different than reach out to more people. Although reaching out to more people has its benefits. One, how did you, think about LinkedIn in a different way that allows you to help your clients in a different way. And I guess leading into that, what is disrupting LinkedIn? How do you see it as being a disruptor in a medium that there's a thousand competitors out there all offering leads to everybody that they can find? Well, I want to be clear. I don't see those people as competitors because my, my claim to fame isn't necessarily in direct lead generation. I mean, lead generation is a byproduct I'm more interested, the people that I work with are more interested in attracting the right people, not crummy leads, not filling their lead bucket <laughs> with leads. I mean, that's, that's not the, the business that I'm in. It's about attracting what I call A-listers, attracting those ideal clients, those ideal referral sources, those key relationships that actually build the business. That's what I'm interested in. That's where people come to me for is developing a strategic approach to continuously attracting those people, not just filling their lead buckets or sending out a bunch of spam messages, just not, not the approach that I talk about. And the key thing as well is I'm big on direct response marketing. I think if a business isn't using direct response marketing in at least some capacity, they're just completely missing the boat. And so when it comes to direct response marketing, my philosophy is you only talk to the people that raise their hand that have shown interest in what it is that you have to offer. And if they don't raise their hand, you can certainly continue to get in front of them but do that through content or do that through quick messages that um, are meant to designed to get them to raise their hand instead of sending them a long-winded sales pitch and hoping that maybe they'll respond. I think that's 
uh, a really ridiculous thing that we're seeing a lot on LinkedIn. And so the other big, big, big thing that's different and that's really important for people to understand, a lot of the frustration on LinkedIn comes from not having the right list, right? I mean, it's like marketing to the wrong people and being frustrated that people aren't responding. If you have a great message, but it's going out to the wrong people, there's not that market message match on LinkedIn, then your responses aren't going to be what you want them to be. And also understanding the other piece is where this fits into your sales process, right? I mean, are, is it a two, is it two calls to the sale? Is it something where you want them coming to an event for a couple of days? Is it them coming to a webcast or, you know, even meeting you out for a cup of coffee? It's like, what is the overall process? What is the overall marketing strategy? And then where does LinkedIn tie into that? Because there are some very strategic things that need to be done that can be done on LinkedIn to move towards that outcome. I, so I want to stop there for a quick second. Talking about the, the marketing sales process or just the sales process in general, um, I would hazard a guess that most businesses don't know their sales process. They hope that someone is interested and that they can sell them something, whether that's a hardware store or whether that's coaching or whether that's online advertising or whether that's a doctor. Most people don't know that 85% of my sales come on conversation number four or five and 10% of my sales come on conversation number one or whatever the math is on that. The more you know about that and you can map it out on paper, now you can build the right strategy, especially with LinkedIn on, all right, how do I talk to my people? Because I know they're more likely to buy after hearing from me three times, for example, I don't overload them with nonsense on touch one because the good information actually comes on touch three. That's really interesting. So I want you to dig into that a little bit um, because a lot of people don't know that exists or don't think about it. One, how do you think about it from a strategy standpoint when you're working with your clients? And number two, how can people back into it on their own? Does that make sense? Yeah, and the starting point always has to be the outcome. So what's the end outcome in mind? And you wanna work backwards instead of the other way. I think too many businesses do it the other way, right? <laughs> right. It's like coming up with a message and what's that message gonna be? So it's, or taking people up the ladder, okay? So step number one, if you're talking about reaching out to somebody you're not connected to, the first yes you've gotta to get to is them accepting you in their networking, which is a lot easier to do than most people would think. A lot of people are open connectors on LinkedIn. So as long as you don't come off as spammy immediately, having a good profile is useful here. It's important to position yourself. But as long as you're not, you know, right out of the gate pitching them and doing it in a spammy way, then you're going to be good. You'll, you'll connect with them. So they're going to be a part of your network. And then it's thinking is designing a process or a roadmap for them to walk through that ultimately leads to revenue for you. And that can be with your potential client or with your potential referral source, or even the combination of both. So that's how I start to look at it. Um, and then there's some big rules of thumb that are across the board in most cases applied. The first thing is the direct messaging piece, keeping that short and concise. That's a, a big, big, big deal. I mean, two, three sentences max in most cases, no matter what part of the process, keeping it short and concise on LinkedIn, 
is just the way to go across the board, no matter if you're marketing to CEOs or stay-at-home moms. That's just, uh, that's what works, right? And then thinking about it in multiple steps instead of just one immediate thing. And also it comes down to understanding and knowing who that you're who, who it is that you want to take action, right? It's getting the right people to take action and not wasting time on the wrong people. So it comes down to list building, right? So if we think about, and I'll give some people an exercise if they want to go ahead and, and do it. Um, so think about, and you're not going to likely get this immediately, but think about, you know, a dream client for you. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily mapping out their avatar, but thinking about somebody who would be a really good client um, and talking about what do they do for a living? Where do they live? What are some of their interests? Looking around on LinkedIn, seeing what groups they might be a part of, okay? And then going into the LinkedIn search and building a list of people just like them. And I'll give you a clue. If you don't have an idea of where to start, think about clients who you've worked with that have been some of your best clients and see how you could find people like that on LinkedIn. And that's, that's the key to list building. And then it's taking that list and you can look at somebody, literally look at a a person on your list and say, how can we get that person to go through this process in an eloquent way that meets our message, that meets our brand, and we're going to build out this ladder for them to climb and understand understanding what the estimated timeline is. And also, I think a lot of people miss the boat on combining online and offline. I don't hear about that enough. I, you probably agree, but there's so much opportunity offline too where you can start the conversation online and take people offline. And I, I personally love doing that as well because there's still, despite the internet being what it is today, despite social media being so powerful, there's still no substitute for that in-person interaction for a lot of businesses. I, I agree a thousand percent on that. There are very few people good enough to take you from online to a purchase without ever having an interaction with you. I mean, there are people who can do it, but they're, they're few and far between. Most buyers want to have a human connection, and most people are better at sales when they're talking to a person than they are at necessarily writing copy and walking through that process. But as you, you get your list and you have all this, but the profile is a critical piece to this because a lot of people, I accept most people who, who hit me up on LinkedIn, but I always look at their profile because I want to know what they do. I want to see if they're a fit, one, to be my client, to be my friend, to be someone who can bring me information or teach me something, right? And um, Jakob's got a, a, um, a link that you all can go to. It'll be in the show notes. He'll give it here in a second to get a LinkedIn profile review that he'll go through and tell you what's good, what's bad. What's the link for that again? So it's going to be linkedleads.us slash Adam K linked leads dot us com dot us slash Adam K. And to clarify, it's not necessarily going to be a review. It's going to be a quiz and a cheat sheet. And so what you'll do is when you enter your information, you'll be able to access those immediately, download those PDFs, see some areas where you can improve your profile. And then, yeah, we can definitely have an option on there. If you'd like to have a strategic assessment, um, we can definitely take a look at your profile and see, because that's the, usually the first thing, Adam, that people come to us for is, well, I know my LinkedIn profile isn't what it should be. What should I do? And so um, that's certainly a starting point for a lot of people, even because that, a lot of that profile needs to attract that dream client. 
and it also is a good way to start your messaging because your multi-step messaging or however it is that you're gonna reach out, even your content that you're posting, needs to be congruent with the position, I call positioning yourself to play the part on your profile. So it's just of massive importance. That's super important and I, I appreciate you, you clarifying that and pointing out like where, why it works. It's not just a snapshot. Like it's not your resume anymore. It, it used to be, it used, was just an online resume, but now you can make it actionable. You can have, you know, different profile pictures. You've got your background, you've got your, the information, you've got endorsements, there's videos that you can do now. There's so much more that you can utilize that for than just a snapshot resume that can get people to want to come offline with you and come to an event or talk to you on the phone or meet you in person, correct? Yeah, and it's positioning yourself, it's elevating your business, elevating your brand as well. And I always say the best way to get over being a commodity is to become an authority. So becoming that authority, becoming that trusted advisor and actually giving people something to resonate with, you know, addressing what some of their key concerns are, addressing key challenges, key questions they may already be asking you and doing it in a way that's different than other people, regardless of what type of business you're in as a business owner, there's other people who hypothetically, I think you mentioned it earlier, there's LinkedIn lead gen people or, you know, any business, there's other people hypothetically offering something similar. May not always be apples to oranges, but this is a way to start to differentiate yourself immediately and have people resonate with you. And it's also important to have your LinkedIn profile refined because of the increased visibility, because of having those keywords, because of having that larger presence, because you want more of the right eyeballs finding you there too. So good. So get his book, um, Disrupting LinkedIn. Go to linkedleads.us slash Adam K and take the quiz and get the steps that you can implement immediately. Last question for me before we wrap up. The one thing people should do, obviously they should, they should read your book and they should, they should get the, um, take the quiz so they know exactly what to do. But when they, they go right now and they look at their profile and they're stuck, a lot of people are stuck and then they don't do any of the things. What are one or two things they should be looking at in their profile that you can give them right now that they know if they're on the right track or if they've got to make drastic change? In most cases, there's, I suppose there's exceptions. In most cases, if your profile sounds corporate, trash it. If it sounds corporate and stuffy and uh, a college level, your profile should read on a fourth grade level. That's, that, that's, that's something, unless, even if you have the executive audience, and I mean, I get that if you're like a management consultant, it's a little bit different, but still simplicity is key. So making sure, first of all, that your profile is set to public. That's a really actionable, easy thing under your settings. If you're in business, you want more people to find you, make sure your profile is set to public. There's a, a switch, literally you can press that if, it's, if, it's, if you haven't pressed that yet. Making sure that you have your profile filled in, because until your profile is filled in, you're gonna limit your visibility as well. Even if it's not perfect initially, make sure the sections like the experience, the summary, um, skills and endorsements, those things are filled in, okay? And then the other piece of it is to start to think about the message for the audience, right? So start to you know, build out those lists and start to think about who you're gonna attract and taking a look at your LinkedIn headline, at least have some of the right keywords that they might be looking for in your profile, some of the key terms that they're going to be familiar with and looking for when it comes to your product or service. And also the last thing that I'll say is make sure that you connect 
as a starting point with the people that you know from in person. So if you know, if you have a few hundred people that you're, you know, on your list who are your email contacts or people in your phone, make sure you connect with them on LinkedIn because even if you're not going to talk with them on LinkedIn, if Adam, you and I are connected, you people that you know on LinkedIn, how many connections you have, they immediately become my second degree connections, which means it's no longer a cold contact. It means that we share at least one mutual connection and it's another way to get in the door. So those are the real foundational things that if you did nothing else would immediately start to make a difference for you along with getting the quiz and cheat sheet and understanding where you want to get to with your profile. So good. Love the information. Really appreciate um, just the, the way to think about it differently um, and some of the nuggets around the planning I love um, because that's my world. Thanks everyone for being here on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast with Adam Kipnis. Yakov Smart, thanks so much for the time and the knowledge. Hey, thank you for having me. Definitely. Everyone, talk to you on the next episode. Thanks. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.